Kate from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, John Trumple. Hey, John. Oh, were you making fun of me, Jared, just now? I, I wanted to take a dramatic pause, too. Yeah. You, 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 you had this big pause right before. Nerd! Out! It was, it was like Shatnerian, and so <laughs> I was like, I, I think I'm going to do that, too. Because I'm trying I have to... no ideas of my own. Yeah, I just mimic you. Yeah, do as I do. I learned it by watching you, Dad. <laughs> Follow the leader and sing after me. Uh, yeah, like I, I try to figure out how to spice up these intros, and I don't. The only thing I come up with is just to take like intermittent pauses. Uh huh. And, and like I think, oh, this is this is it. This is, I'm, I'm reinventing the wheel here. This is a whole new shit, wow. and it's, it's just really not. It just sounds like I forgot what to say. So what what is that like? You're you're still trying. Um, <laughs> how, what's the deal with that? I mean, uh, you know, I I still try. I still care. I still give a shit. It's pretty. It's an interesting feeling. Wow. Okay. Maybe you know, I should try that sometime. Maybe. Yeah. You know. Uh, <sighs> you know. Exert effort. It, it, it's it's all. It's what all the cool kids are doing these days. Uh, that's that seems like work. It. It's like literally not even that much work. It's it's barely work. Okay, but still. <laughs> well, as long but as still, as long as it's barely work, maybe I'll do it. Nah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody! Happy holidays, everyone! Oh boy, <laughs> I'm in a mood. I've been sick this week. Oh <laughs> no! I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I hope you it's hope been... you feel. I, I am feeling a little better now, but it's just been kicking my ass for the majority of the week. So it's it's put me in a in a in a bit of a mood. Oh, um, a bit of a funk. A bit of a mood. Time. Yes. Well, maybe. Hopefully, this uh this episode of SNL uh, was the medicine that the doctor ordered. Huh. Um. Segway King. Sure. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode of SNL, by the way, this was uh. From December 10th, 2022, season 48, episode 8, with our hosts Steve Martin and Martin Short, and our musical guest, Brandy Carlisle. Yes, this is the second time Brandy Carlisle's been on the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, Steve Martin and Martin Short, I mean, two powerhouses in uh, SNL history. Yes. Uh, I mean, again, and this also, this is like something that the SNL has done from time to time, where they'll have two people host a show. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. all the time. But when it does, it's definitely an interesting uh, look. I, I believe the last time this was done was, uh, I think, back in season 41 when uh, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey hosted. Mm. And I I, you know, I did a little research, and I saw that the first time they ever did this was way back in season one when uh, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore hosted together. Oh, well. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's cool. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is fun when they have a double host because, yeah, it is mixing it up a little bit. And, yeah, it's usually hosts with a connection with each other. It'd be weird if they had, like, just two random celebrities who had no nothing to do with each other host. I think they did kind of have that, that one time. Because do you remember that one time where, and folks, you can look this up, this happened, uh, George Went and Francis Ford Coppola hosted? What? No. You don't remember that? No, I do not. Okay, I'll look at it. It was a weird episode because there Are was Are you like sure a... Coppola didn't just have a cameo in that episode? I think he's listed as a host. 
That's but weird. I'll look it up. But like I know um, our good folks at the SNL Network kind of put out a list of all the people that have, you know, uh, were, were more than one person hosting. And one of them I saw okay. was George Went from Cheers and, uh, you know, Jason Sudeikis' uncle right. and uh, Francis Ford Coppola, which I thought was that's a that's so random. I th- think maybe they were working on something together, but I remember that episode being kind of interesting because there was like a, a through line story throughout the entire that ep- that whole episode. So it was like kind of a episode within an episode. It was very interesting. I'm now wondering if I've ever seen this. I, I half of me wants to just shit can the discussion of, of this episode <laughs> and just do a deep dive on this on this George Went Francis Ford Coppola thing. Uh, that's weird. Yeah. Wow. Right. Oh, yeah. So uh, other times uh, we've had multiple hosts. Uh, season 17, Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold hosted. I remember that. Uh, Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger hosted. I remember that. Yes, they did a Family Feud sketch. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think some of the other Baldwin brothers cameoed. Yeah. Uh, Michael Palin hosted with his mom, Mary Palin, back in season nine. Oh, that's so cute. I didn't know that. That's, yeah, that's yeah. really neat. Oh. Uh, both Bo and Jeff Bridges hosted together. That's cool. Season that was, eight. What, sometime in the 80s? Yeah, uh, season eight, yeah. Okay. Uh, Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. Oh, cool. Uh, Two SCTV guys. Nice. Uh, yeah, the Smothers Brothers. Excellent. Okay. Oh, they hosted twice, it seems. Oh. Um, what else? Made? Oh, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman hosted. And uh, what I else? I remember that. Wow. Yeah, the Olsen Twins. Uh, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. I remember their sign-off. Uh, that night at Good Nights, they were like, oh, and it's only like this much longer until we're legal. Because I guess they were about to turn 18. Yeah, that was weird. There was like a, this weird time where people were really, I don't know, I won't say people, I won't say creepy dudes. We're like Creepy dudes were doing like countdowns of, yeah. It was, oh boy, <laughs> it was unsettling. Yeah, because uh, that was the thing keeping you from having a shot with them. Yes, ex- that's exactly. As soon as she's legal, I'm in there. Really, really, uh, I'm putting you on a list because you're. Yeah, you're no, those those people should be on watch lists. Yes, uh, uh, Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey. I remember that. Yes, and uh, of course, who could forget the powerhouse of uh, Mr. T and Hulk Hogan? Back yes, in season 10. Uh, they were on Fernando's Hideaway together. I remember that. Yes. Yeah, and this was an interesting one. Billy Crystal, Ed Koch, Edwin Newman, Father Guido Sarducci, and Betty Thomas. Season nine. What they all hosted together? That's what it's that's what I'm reading here. That can't be right. Uh, that's, uh, that's, what, that's, that's like I'm, a half dozen hosts. How do you how do you do that? I don't know. I guess that was the time after uh you know, the heyday when the, the original crew left and they were just kind of experimenting with everything. So it I guess so. And of course, uh, who could forget season 12, Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and Martin Short. Well, you know, I think they really improve things by eliminating the Chevy Chase part of the equation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Part of me was thinking maybe he'll make an appearance, like in a pre-tape or something, nah. like a, a quick cameo, but uh, not so much. Nah, don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> Take take him out. It's more, it's tighter. It's more compact. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's like calling it's, it. It's like calling it Facebook instead of the Facebook. Yeah. It's cleaner. It's cleaner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, as you probably uh, guessed, we're talking about uh, episode 
of where uh, hosted by Steve Martin and Martin Short, mutual yes. guest Belinda Carlisle. Not Belinda Carlisle. Damn it, I did it again. Brandy Carlisle. What the hell, man? I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, okay, first off, I already said who the hosts and musical guests were. We've already covered this. Oh, you did? We did. Huh. Secondly, you went back to the freaking Go-Go's. <laughs> I'm current, if not anything, John. <laughs> okay, um, I'm just going to write down that time code. You can leave it in. I'm fine with... I'm fine with... Uh, Putting up my ignorance for all, uh, for all to, for prosperity. <laughs> how do you not know how this works at this point? I'm the, I'm the guy. I give the host and the musical guest. I give the date of the show and the episode number, and then you know a lot of times you do a little additional research that you've found out, right? <laughs> and then. You just like stumble over it awkwardly, like five minutes after we covered it already. Hey, man, I got to be me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, there you go. Now you're in a better mood. Uh... So the first sketch. Anyway, anyway. Okay. So cold open. So yeah. So uh. Our episode this week, Steve Martin, Martin Short hosting Brandy Carlisle as the musical guest. It's from December 10th, 2022, season 48, episode 8. That's how you do it, Darren. All right. Wow. I just got to leave it to the pros. <laughs> got to leave it to the pros. So, uh, our, our cold open. Uh, it's called Blocking It Out for Christmas. Yeah. A, a non-political cold open. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. This is uh, it starts out with Keenan, Cecily, and Bowen. They're all in their their Christmas best. I, I gotta say, like right off the bat, everybody in the sketch looks fabulous. Everybody looks great. Mm, yeah, everybody's really putting on the ritz in this one. Everybody, the, the, the costume department knocking themselves out. Um, you know, Keenan looked. He, he had like this this uh, checkered jacket, which was very sharp. Uh, Cecily was in this uh, sparkly green dress. I guess it was sequined. Um, and, and Bowen was in a very sharp suit. Every, everyone looks wonderful. Um, and they sing a song about how we're in the holiday season, and they're they're now they're just blocking out all their problems until January. Right, because it's the Christmas season. This is the season to uh, ignore your anxiety in a non-healthy way. Yep. Just. I mean, I thought that was just a year-round thing, uh, <laughs> but. Apparently, it's a Christmas thing. So <laughs> every day is every day is Christmas for me. <laughs> every day is a day to repress my problems. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. So of course we get Cecily singing. Mm -hmm. uh, we get to hear them about how they're putting aside, you know, their problems of uh, drinking and their mental health. Yes, and uh, everything that's worrying them, they just put it on the back burner and just right keep it suppress it down, man. It's the holidays. Don't that's it's the way you do it. Uh, and then uh, Sarah and Ego come in to sing backup, uh, and then they complain about Elon Musk. Which I gotta say, whenever they take shots at Elon Musk, it comes off weird to me because I'm just like, this show fucking enabled that guy. Yeah, you don't. You don't get to have it both ways, SNL, you know? Yeah, I know. It's like when they make fun of Elon Musk and Trump and everybody, all yeah. the other horrible people they've had on, and then, or even Kanye at this point. And yeah. Like the very next 
you know, episode, they're like, oh, wow, Elon, what a jerk, right? I'm like, yeah. Mother, motherfucker, he was on your show. He was on your show. You helped make him more acceptable to the American public. And yeah, you, you don't. Yeah. Every time they do that, I, I'm like, mm, like you, you help build the monster. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, you know, Dr. Frankenstein saying like, hey, why is this monster like throwing this little girl into the water? What the hell? What's up with that? Huh? <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> Oh my so, god! I don't know. Yeah, that I, I still get a, like twinges when they do that. Um, yeah, no, that, I, I totally agree. And you know, they talk about you know Hitler. Why is he back? And you know, why are so many of the people supporting him black now? <laughs> that is odd. I that is odd. Um, I don't know what what you what you think of this overall. Uh, I'll give it points for not being political because like every okay. time they kind of deviate from giving us a cold open that's not political i'll be like all right well this is a refreshing change of pace yeah uh overall i thought it was so so i thought it was okay um you know holiday spirit singing a song not not too bad but it wasn't Uh, yeah i I don't know i'm kind of mixed on it as well i think i've had just like a few too many sketches about how everyone at snl is barely holding it together Mm. because we've been getting a steady diet of those for the last two and a half years at least. Yeah. And it's like, that. okay, yeah, I get it. And and look, no shade on them for having a tough time. It, things are tough all over, but they've gone to that well a lot. You know? Yeah. Yeah, like I think a lot of us kind of look to SNL to maybe escape our anxieties or, yes. look, or, at least, or maybe look for a way to healthily deal with them or a a way to laugh at them and i don't think snl has been really doing that quite a bit like whenever they talk about anxiety and everything we're dealing with they never find a way or a smart enough angle to like you know a a good enough take on it they're all like hey yeah we're all crazy right it's easier to get a gun than it is to get taylor swift tickets right right r R kelly came out with a new album that's crazy right cable news is horrible everything's fucked right yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I sort of wish they'd take it beyond uh, that a bit. So I was, I was so so on this, but uh, yeah. But hey, like I said, everyone looked fabulous. Um, yes. And apparently, Cecily is accepting Venmo payments for sex. That's just a thing they throw in towards the end, fellas. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> cool. Tis the season. <laughs> More power to you, Cecily Strong. <laughs> Monologue! All right. Um, oh, by the way, the uh, cold open written by Alison Gates, Colin Jost, and Kent Sublette. Um, not bad. Okay. Yep. So, uh, next, uh, Martin Short and Steve Martin as the monologue. That's right. I reversed their billing because just because I felt like it. Wow. And I came across Martin Short's name first on my notes. Okay, I would. I always just call them Steve Martin Short. Sure, I mean that's more efficient. That's right. Um, Cleaner. I, yeah, may, I, I think I may just put call Martin Short Marty throughout this episode, like I know him. Um, <laughs> yeah, just because just it's going to be slightly less confusing. I'll call. I'll call him Marmar just to make it seem like I know him just a little bit better than you do. Wow. Okay, that's how it is. All right. <laughs> hey, Marmar. Um, so they they came out they're again both looking sharp. Steve Martin he's he's in like he's in like a very 
uh, flattering purple suit. He, he looks like the Joker almost. Yes. Like, like the Joker out for a night on the town. Why so serious? And uh, they, they make a joke about how Steve has hosted 16 times and Marty has hosted three times. Um, and they just, you know, ran through like quick clips of uh, each time each one of them has hosted. So uh, that was cute. Yeah, yeah. Um, Steve Martin put up an old picture of him from back in the day with the Blues Brothers and Mick Jagger. That mm-hmm. was kind of neat to talk about how after this picture was taken, they tested positive for everything. Yep. And, um, 1970s. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And uh, yeah, and there's like a few, you know, like nice little quips and jabs here and there. But uh, I thought the best part of this monologue was the uh, the dueling eulogies part. Yeah, I think that was the meat of it, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and there were some good uh, back and forth insults in there. I mean, they are very good at roasting each other. Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen their show when they like when they toured and went on the road, but I, I mm-hmm. from what I've heard, like this is kind of from it. And yeah, you, they had a, they had a special. Uh, I think it was on Netflix that was drawn from that show. Uh, I, I think it was like an evening you'll never forget or you'll never remember to forget or something like that. Right. Um, and uh, I I liked uh, yeah Marty had a good line. He said, uh, "Steve, seeing you and your casket reminds me of that famous SNL sketch." Dick in a box. Big applause after yep. that. Uh, I also liked how Marty said, Steve, I know Steve is looking down on us because he's always looked down on everyone. Yes. Um, I liked how Steve Martin rebutted with, with, the, with his eulogy from saying, uh, wow, uh, not much of a turnout. Yeah, that's a good line. That's a yes. good line. And of course, mentioning the time uh, Martin played uh, Jack Frost in Santa Claus 3. Yes. Um, and then at the very end, we have a, a very random Selena Gomez cameo. I mean, not entirely random because she's co-stars with them on Only Murders in the Building, but it just felt very random because she comes on and really does nothing. She just comes on and says, you know, they talk about how they're not going to work. Who are they going to work with with the other one dead? And she comes on and says, wait, what about me? Yeah, like and then it's just stay tuned. We've got a great show. Come right back. It, it it's weird that we're not ending on a joke. I thought. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I really wish because the dueling eulogy part was so strong, mm-hmm. and like the energy between them was so good. You know, just because they've worked together for so long, they know right. they know each other's rhythms, and you can see it. Like it really, it really sparkles. It really crackles, baby. Yeah, it really pops. And so when Selena came in, it kind of you know took the airs out the tires all. A little bit where it felt like they didn't know how to end this so they're just like oh just have selena come out and be like hey it's me i'm here we got a great show yeah. and it, it just it, it felt really kind of tacked on and and it also it kind of yeah. ruined the surprise that selena was in the building and especially ruined it the, the fact that she um she appears in the the final sketch of the night like i feel like if she wasn't in this uh monologue it would have been a bigger pop when she appears later on in the night so well i mean i don't know if it was that big of a surprise because a lot of people were predicting that she would show up at some point since she's the third co-star on that show um i just it just bugged me that she comes on for an applause break at the end and doesn't really do anything beyond that yeah no i agree like even when uh brendan gleason hosted and colin farrell came at least they had like a back and forth and some jokes right you know 
he played the uh, the mandolin with a little baby yeah, guitar. Yeah, that's all I want. Yeah, have her play the mandolin. Yeah, um, get that mandolin rain. Yeah. So this uh, monologue, by the way, written by Mike D. Desenzo, Jake Nordwind, and Brian Tucker. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Overall, I like the monologue, but I just yeah that if it was a stronger ended if it was a stronger ending, I think I would have loved the monologue, but it just it just yeah. kind of fell apart towards the end. Brought it down a notch. Yeah. 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 All right. So our first sketch of the night is a recurring sketch, Science Room. Which, Science. How many times have they done this now? This has got to be at least the fourth, right? Yes, they did it. Uh, Jason Sudeikis episode. Right. Adam Driver. Uh-huh. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. That, I. Sam Rockwell was the first, as I recall. I yeah, think. that's that's where he dropped the uh, f bomb. Yeah, he or said the... you cannot be this fucking stupid. And yeah. and uh, Cecily and Mikey rolled with it like the pros they are. That was that was great. Yeah. Um. So I it, it was fun to see this back. Um. I don't think they've overused it at this point, but they might just be getting on the on the verge of that. It's inching close to uh, diminishing returns. Yeah, this yeah. I think sure. this was the least of the four times they've done it. Yeah, I mean, there were a few good lines in there where uh, you know Steve Martin mm-hmm. and Martin, Steve Martin Short play two science, uh, you know, teachers. They are Doctor like, Science and Mister Science. Oh, one hasn't gotten his doctorate yet. Apparently not. No. Mm. And uh, yeah, and then of course it's um, Cecily and Mikey as the kids, mm-hmm. and they're going to talk about how snow was made, where snow comes from, and I think I like it one point where they talk about Christmas and then uh, Marty talks to Mikey saying, Hey, so what would you like for Christmas? And Mikey says, I'd like to find out what happened to my brother. Yeah, that was, that, that's a cool dark joke. Um, I like that. I liked later on where uh, Cecily's character, Lonnie says, Oh, even though it's small, it can still be good for the girl. Yeah. <laughs> she's just repeating random things. She's heard from her older sister, um, which is, yeah, so the, I mean, the joke is always the the host getting increasingly frustrated at the stupidity of these kids because they're not answering even the most obvious questions correctly. Um, but yeah, it, this one didn't have the element of surprise that the other ones did for me. I mean, I think the formula is pretty obvious at this point. So right, and I don't know. I mean, do you think the fact that there were two, um, you know, two teachers in this one instead of the one that maybe threw off the rhythm a little bit? Maybe. Yeah. Uh yeah, maybe. I could see that. I could see that. It it probably is a cleaner dynamic when it's just one increasingly frustrated person and they're outnumbered by the the two stupid kids. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, I kind of felt that way too. Uh I mean, it's like I said they did have a few good lines in there and like when they were doing the experiment and they showed the bubbles coming up and I think Steve Martin said or Marty said to um to Mikey's character, say, all right, do you see this? You see, so what's going on? And then Mikey says, oh, not much. You know, I got two weeks off for, for school. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, not what's going on in your life. What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, but yeah, I mean, ultimately it's, yeah, that kind of. Yeah, it was, it was cute. I, I think I don't, as much as I loved this sketch when it, like the first couple times they did it, I, I think it's now at the point, I think we need to retire it unless we find a new strong twist on it. Agreed. Like, I think it's yeah. kind of becoming almost like that holiday cake uh, show, that cake baking, bake, uh-huh. 
like that they used to be. Yeah, where, where half of them are abominations in the eyes of God. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like they seem to be kind of doing the same thing over and over again here. And it's I, the first time we saw it, it was like, oh, this is an interesting take and the king yeah. comes alive. But like now we we know the beats, we see where they're going and it's just kind of. Yeah. All right, I think see. I think what always elevates this sketch for me is that uh, Cicely and Mikey are both so damn good at playing kids, mm. like just just their mannerisms and and everything. They're they're just really really good. So yep. I, I think it's always a pleasure to see their performances. Um, right. No. I, I felt like the writing just wasn't quite there, and and we didn't have the fun of something unexpected happening in this one, like uh, Sam Rockwell accidentally dropping an f bomb. Yeah, no F-bombs. So uh, this, by the way, written by Rosebud Baker, Mikey Day, Streeter Seidel, and Cecily Strong. Mm, Not bad. All right. Uh, Next up, we got a Please Don't Destroy sketch, a pre-tape. Chelsea. Yeah, we haven't seen the Please Don't Destroy uh, guys in a while. It's been a minute. I'd miss them. It's been a minute. Well, it's a Christmas miracle, because here they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, Back in the office. Uh, we see John talking to the other boys, uh, mm-hmm. Ben and Martin, about, hey, you remember my ex-girlfriend, Chelsea? Yeah. And then, of course, they take, oh, yeah, Chelsea. Man, she was the worst. She smelled. Yeah, they... She sucked. She was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what and about? Then, and then, quick cut, ah, oh, Chelsea's there, and it's it's Sarah's Chelsea. It's very tough to describe the Please Don't Destroy sketches, because they just rely on so much surreal humor and so many quick cuts. So they're they're really tough to summarize. Very much so, yeah. It's. I mean, they they really just have to be seen. Uh, yeah. Us describing them is not going to do much. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, uh, you know, John talked about how they're together, and then they were like, "Oh, hey, that's great. We can't wait to see the family." Actually, the family's here. They're on Zoom call. They've heard everything you say. Oh right. my God. Oh, we were actually talking about uh, your other ex girlfriend, Courtney. She was a fugly nerd, and then it's Chloe as as Courtney. Um, who, who, I will say, doesn't look very fugly. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm, I don't And then, yeah, there's a stenographer. The stenographer is married to Steve Martin. Uh, Michael Chase behind the door. Yes. Um, and we have uh, Sarah Sherman's actual father coming in to uh, <laughs> to just beat everybody up. Um, and yeah. They, they say at the end, you know, thanks to Sarah Sherman's actual father. Um, so, I mean, it was, it's fun. It's quick. It's like... You know, two, three minutes of just sheer goofiness. And yeah, that's what I like about them. Yeah, it's good. It's very rapid fire, very bam, 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 bam. Joke, mm-hmm. joke, 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 joke. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's nice, warm, uh, please don't destroy comfort food. And uh, I yep. may, might I say, uh, Sarah Sherman's dad, he is a intimidating man. Like, <laughs> he seemed like genuinely kind of scary to me in that sketch. Well, you know, it's 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 because he's like you know completely bald, so he can if he puts a mind to it, he can look like an intimidating man. I'm sure he's a lovely person in life. I don't, yeah, he, he kind of reminded me of uh, the principal from Back to the Future. Like oh, Back Strickland, to... sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're a slacker. You're a slacker, McFly. Yeah, Strickland. Didn't that guy ever have hair? I don't. Did he? I think it just came out the womb bald. Yeah. All right, but uh, yeah. So this the sketch ends with um. Sarah's dad whipping out a retractable baton and about to beat up Martin. So mm-hmm. freeze frame. Freeze frame. <laughs> All right. Next, uh, we have a sketch called The Holiday Train. This was written by Alison Gates and Kent Sublette. 
this apparently, like the opening part of this, it's like loosely based on the movie White Christmas, which I didn't really realize because I've never actually watched White Christmas. Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, the whole sketch is loosely based on uh, White Christmas, uh, which okay. is something I didn't know until uh, I saw it online. So, uh, yeah, so those, for those that don't know, uh, it's a musical, came out in 1954, White Christmas, Irving Berlin. It uh, has Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, and um, Rosemary Clooney is in it. And there, okay. and there is a scene where all they're all on a train, and they're singing this song called Snow, and it's all about how they can't wait to get to their destination to see snow. Because uh-huh. like, snow is amazing, and we, well, we can't wait till we see snow. That's basically the song and what it's about. Okay. So, so just... Yeah, all right. I don't think you necessarily have to see White Christmas to get this or appreciate this sketch, but I think it would help from what you're saying. Because um, they do sing a number about snow. It's uh, we, We've got Steve and Marty and Cecily and Keenan, and Keenan is like met the other three for the first time. And they're all talking about how they're, they're going to Buffalo to see snow for the very first time. And Cecily's like, I'm going to rub it on my face and hands and, and my ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think at one, at one point, like Steve kind of sings off key. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Marty breaks a bit. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of breaking in this sketch. I've, I've noticed. Yeah. It's such a weird, bizarre sketch. Um, and then the twist at the end is what we find out that that Steve, Marty, and Cecily are all bears that made a wish to be transformed into humans so they could go see snow. Right, because they're actually they're actually bears, so they've never seen snow because, because they always hibernate through the winter. Right, and so they try to make a trip to see snow for the first time, but they don't make it; they fall asleep, and of which course, of course reverses the spell. Yes. You know, I don't have to tell you how magic spells work, people. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, well, you know how it works. You fall asleep, your mag- the magic spell wears off. That's just science. Yeah. Science! Um, so, uh, yeah, but but I like that we cut away from them for a little bit, and then James Austin Johnson is talking about as the train conductor, and then we cut back, and it's Keenan just in the uh, at the table with three people in bear suits. I'm assuming it's not... Cecily, Steve, and Marty in the bear suits, because how could you get on the bear suits that quickly? But mm, that makes sense. Now, now just, I, yeah. I, I honestly thought for a minute that like maybe they put like a bear suit over them, but yeah, it wouldn't make sense to just have three different people just already in a bear suit. Just yeah, I mean they had they had Cecily's bear character move, and then Cecily said something. But I, yeah, I, as much as I would love to think that it was her in a bear suit, I don't think it was. Oh well. Maybe next I'm year. Just, I'm just saying. It's uh, this also, by the way. You know, this twist at the end. It's reminiscent of a sketch that they did back in 2014 when Amy Adams was hosting, and it was it was called Singing Sisters. It was Amy Adams, Cecily, and uh, Kate McKinnon. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that sketch, we find out that the three of them were like raccoons that were transformed into into women. Oh, do you remember this sketch? Not at all. Okay, this sketch burned into my brain because it was just so freaking weird. Because, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, throughout, they're, they've, they're saying odd things like, oh, we were rifling through the garbage. And, and like, it's not until you know that they are raccoons transformed into women that that makes any sort of sense. So this okay. bear sketch was kind of like that. Okay. Yeah, because, like, throughout the sketch, they do 
you know, they do make notes that they might be bears. Like, oh, like, yeah. I think Keenan says, hey, where are you guys from? Oh, the woods. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, they have, like, a pack, uh, like, a bag of nuts that they're very protective over. Um, overall, I I did like this sketch, but I think it seemed a little, it seemed very loose. Like, I, I normally yeah. I don't mind, like, a loose sketch, but this kind of seemed loose to the point of being a little sloppy. Like, they... They missed. Uh-huh. I, I noticed like they kind of missed a, a lot of cues here and there, and then they, like I think at some points, like Martin was kind of you know missed coming in with his song at some points, and I don't know. It seemed. I, I mean, maybe they made a lot of changes, you know, that night, so they were trying to catch up. But right. it seemed. A yeah, little... that, there was like one I thought kind of odd technical choice, which is like when they get up out of, from the table, and then the train set just sort of parts behind them. And then they're in like this winter wonderland thing where they're singing their, the number about snow, but they cut to an angle that like showed the audience, which I thought was weird. Cause it kind of broke the reality of the sketch. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I just thought that was a really weird choice. It was a really weird camera angle to select. Um, yeah. I don't I lo- know why they did that. Cause it looked like it was, it made it seem like they were in more of a cramped studio than they were. Yeah, and like I'm not yeah. even sure why they did that. Why they had to break apart the back scenery because like it didn't really add too much to the sketch. I don't know. I'm, ge- I'm guessing that was like a White Christmas thing. Maybe uh, that's something they do in White Christmas. No, um, I I mean I watched the clip. Like uh, the clip where no. they sing "Snow" is on YouTube. You can watch it. And like they don't do that in the original movie. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, then I got nothing. Aha! Debunked. All right. So yes, yeah, so I don't know why they felt the need to do that. I mean, I do like the twist at the end where it turns out they're actually bears. I think that's a cool little twist, but I don't. I think it was. It. I don't know. I don't want to say it felt like under rehearsed. I don't. I don't think that worked as well for me because I remembered the previous sketch and I was like, I don't know if I really needed to see the raccoon sketch again. Um, huh. I saw it the first time eight years ago. It was weird then. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's. So I was, I was like, oh, okay. Um, again, I thought the the hair and the costuming was was incredible. Everybody looked great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, they really nailed that sort of you know nineteen fifties look on everybody. Yeah, James, James Austin Johnson was the uh, ticket taker, and he can do a great fifties voice. Very. Uh... Yes, he can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was hoping those bears would would stay up all night and watch the snow, but it seemed like they fell asleep again. Yep. But uh, yeah, I, I I'll, I'll give points to the sketch for you know trying something different and you know having a good twist. But like overall, it just it didn't quite get there. I don't know if it was. Well, watch the Singing Sisters sketch from eight years ago, <laughs> and then tell me if they were doing something different. Okay, it's bears this time. Totally different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So anyway, um, sounds like you liked it more than I did. I, I I do like it, but I I don't know enough to like defend. But you exactly. shouldn't is what I'm saying. I um, yeah. <laughs> no, it was fine. It was it, it was fine. It was fine. It, it, was fine. it, it was could cured. it I could mean, it could have been better, but like I think look, it was look as 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 Christopher Walken said when he hosted SNL, according to Jay Moore, bear suits are funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. You put bear suits in a sketch, yeah, it brings it up a few notches. I mean, walking knows comedy. Yep. Yeah. 
Bass suits are funny. Um, next, it's another sketch from Allison Gates and Ken Sublette. This one is called A Visit with Santa with uh, Steve Martin as a department store Santa, Marty as Sprinkles slash Pringles the Elf, and cast members coming on as a parade of children. Yes. And uh, so in this one, we he's, uh, he's like a mall Santa. He invites mm-hmm. kids to sit on his lap and tell them what they want. And uh, Marty, are, are we explaining how mall Santas work? We're, yes. we're doing that, okay? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, you, you know how mall Santas work, right? Guys, you... well, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think you have to explain the premise of a mall Santa, dear. All right, fine. I you don't know, maybe some pe- some of our listeners live in places where they don't have malls, okay? You ever think All of right. that? The Let's write in. in, let us know if you know what a mall Santa is. <laughs> Tell us if you know what a mall is. Yeah. Okay. Tell us if you know what Santa is. Tell yeah. us if you think Darren thinks you're stupid. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we have a we have a parade of cast members as the kids. Uh, we had Chloe as a nine year old, and again, I'm really impressed with you know how they made her up to actually look like a kid. She looked. Kind of convincing. It's, it's like a young kid. Again, with her mannerisms and stuff. Right, right. And uh, let's see, who else do we have? It was uh, Marcelo next, right? Uh, Dismukes. Oh, it was Dismukes. Okay. And then uh, I guess we had, oh, uh, Ego and then uh, yes. Sarah Sherman. Yes. Uh, Ego wanted Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> Which the elf yells, then get a job. Yeah. There's something about like Martin Short screaming that's always pretty funny to me. Yeah. And I did like it, you know, because Martin Short's on his knees and he was doing that thing where he's got the elf shoes coming out of his pants at, at knee height. And then at one point he just like gets up in his full height and <laughs> and Steve Martin's like, you have legs. And he's like, yeah, it took you three years to notice. <laughs> um, that was cute. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so it's basically that, like every, the elf being very uh, incredulous to yeah. all the kids. Uh, you know, who who tell Santa what they want and say, he, what, he can't get you that. He's an old man. Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> or no, you can only get two things. Uh, yeah. Like, what happened to those earbuds he got you last year? Yeah. And uh, then, finally, it, it ends very randomly. Like, Santa just decides he wants speed so that he can visit all the houses on Christmas Eve. And then they decide that Bowen's character, who's like the mall organizer guy, can get them speed. Yeah, I think and that's the one. I think that's whispers the, it in their ear. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that kind of uh, tripped me up a bit because at first we think it's a mall Santa, but then it turns out he's the real Santa. Like halfway through, I don't. I don't think we're. I, I don't. I. I think you're overthinking it. Well, no, because he <laughs> talks about like what happened to the earbuds he got you last year. So like, uh, how would like uh, the real Santa would know that? Like, or somebody. Who was Santa would know? Like some dude that was just a mall Santa wouldn't know that they got he got him he got earbuds last year. So I was like, oh, so is, is this the real Santa and who wants to get speed so he can do all the deliveries? Was that well, am I putting too much thought into this? I think you are. That didn't enter my head at all. What is going on here? I I never questioned why he knew what the kid got the year before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So it was the real Santa, right? What, 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 what are we doing uh, here? Uh, okay, <laughs> it okay. was the real Santa. Okay. I I thought it was just 
I just thought the ending was very out of nowhere, where they just decided they want speed, and then uh, that Bowen knows where they can get speed. I yeah. thought that was just a weird, random way to end it. Um, it was, yeah. I wasn't really questioning the reality of whether or not it was the actual Santa. <laughs> you don't think about but, these things like I but, do, John? You do you, Darren Patterson. <laughs> you do you, my friend. All right, fine. I'll do me. Folks, write in. Let us know. Wow. Did you think it was the real Santa? Do you still believe in Santa? <laughs> Is Darren overthinking this sketch? Do you I be- say yes. Do you believe in Santa in a young girl's heart? Santa. That was lovely. Wasn't it, though? Look at me. I'm riffing here. Yeah. Okay. All right. But yeah, uh, overall, this sketch, I, yeah, the ending was kind of okay. Again, it it seemed kind of half written. Like they didn't really know. Yeah. I think it was like, okay, everybody has to turn in their sketches in five minutes. And (laughs) I was like, oh, fuck. Finish the page we're on. He gets speed from Bo and Yang. Okay. Done. (laughs) That's kind of what it felt like to me. It's like, speed is the answer for everything. Well, you know, hey, we are at Saturday Night Live. Hey, now. Hey, now. I don't know if they still do that sort of thing backstage. I guess no. Um, No. They're high on life. That's right. At Saturday Night Live. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's. You know, back in the 70s when it was the Blues Brothers and Mick Jagger, yes, they tested positive for everything. But, uh,. But now, not so much. You know, they, right. they probably have a nice chamomile tea or something like that. Yeah. Like, you know, do some light yoga, just some mm-hmm. Bikram. You yeah. know, just really, really work the chakras. They're high on life, is what I'm saying. Absolutely. All right. Next, uh, we have a pre-tape, A Christmas Carol. This was written by Mikey Day and Colin Jost. I've heard of those guys. Hmm. Um, this was uh, Martin Short as Scrooge waking up at the end of the Christmas Carol, and he's like, "Hey, what day is it? It's Christmas Day. Oh, you, you there, boy, go get the goose that's big as you." And blah 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 blah. And he he throws a sovereign down to the boy, and because the boy is played by Sarah Sherman, we're like, "Oh, we're gonna have some body horror in up in this bitch." And uh, yes, we do. Indeed, coin goes into her eye. Yikes! <laughs> starts bleeding profusely. It's it's very it's very Sam Peckinpah's salad days from Monty Python. I season. was dude. I was just about to say that. This yeah. reminded me exactly of uh, the Monty Python salad days sketch. Uh, yeah, folks, if you haven't seen that, go go check it out. It's uh, yeah, it's it's who boy. Yeah, lots uh, lots of blood, lots of blood flowing. Yeah, and of um, course, uh, yeah. So. Now, uh, the little orphan boy, played by Sarah Sherman, has a coin in his eye, and he's half blind. So, of course, Ebenezer Scrooge feels terrible. So he's like, here, here's another coin for, uh, you know, to take care of that. He throws the other coin, it blinds the other eye. Yeah, yeah. And and then Steve Martin shows up as the Ghost of Christmas present. Um, He's... He tries to show the proper way to toss a coin, but it just impales more people. Yeah. And then, then he stabs someone with an icicle. Uh, um, yeah, Marcello. Like, basically, at this yeah. point, everybody's gathered around and be like, Ebenezer Scrooge is blinding orphans for, for, for sport. He is. Yeah. And they're all like, um, they, they hate him now more because he looks like he's a crotchety yeah. old man, like, literally harming people. Because with the point. ghost of Christmas present cannot be seen by anyone. So everyone thinks Scrooge is the only one doing this. And... I liked how like a, a coin ricocheted and then knocked Tiny Tim down into the sewer. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And then at the very end, it's like, Apple Pay, never use coins again. So it was, it was a neat kind of twist at the end. It was an, I don't know if it needed that Apple Pay, pay uh, twist at the end, but yeah, like, old, but uh, ultimately, I, I did enjoy the sketch quite a bit. The way the it escalated into like a big bloody mess. Uh, yeah. The fact that they got me to laugh at a, a uh, handicapped orphan falling down a sewer hole, I liked well, you you don't laugh at that normally. I, normally, no. <laughs> but they really? they found an angle that was right. like, you know what, that is comedy. And right. uh, of course, then it got to the it got you know to the heightened point of absurd bloodiness where the coin was scaring the horses, which caused a horse to kick off Mikey Day's head and bounce off a wall, blood spurting out of the, his neck stump, his head his head bouncing off a wall and hitting the orphan on the head as he was crawling out of the sewer hole. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Tiny Tim was like crawling out of the sewer and then they knocked him back in. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll say, I'll say sketch of the night here. Really? Okay. I, I, I wouldn't go that far, but Ooh, uh, interesting. All right. But uh, what would my sketch of the night be? Have do, we already passed it? Do you have one? Um, that's a good question. Um, Looking at what we've covered so far, I would, I think, I would have to go with the "Please Don't Destroy Chelsea" sketch. Hmm. All right. um, Fair enough, because that had the most spark of the new for me. Um, I, you know, look, I love me some science room, but I, I think we're getting at the point it's getting a little played out. Yeah, we're so we're getting close. And, we're getting close to the expiration date on that one. Yeah, and I and I feel like the last part of the show was substantially weaker so yeah i'll, I'll go with please don't destroy his sketch of the night uh yeah like i'll i'll agree with you uh I, no too late you already <laughs> chose a christmas carol no no i mean I, i'll agree i have locked you in my friend damn it no i mean like i'll agree with you in the fact that as far as this episode goes it started off pretty strong mm-hmm. and but the second half was a uh, boof <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah uh, so, uh, yeah, our musical guest, Brandy Carlisle, not Belinda. Brandy Carlisle. Um, second time on the show. She was uh, previously with, last time Jason Sudeikis hosted, I believe, which was last about a year ago. Yes, yes. So uh, she's back to, to rock the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did two songs. Her first song was uh, The Story, which uh, right. I, I learned recently is actually an old song. That's what that's what one of her famous songs. This was like a hit song, and I think it was like two thousand seven or so. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. I, I definitely heard it before, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I like this. This is a, this is good stuff." Um, yeah, yeah. And you know, just vocally, really, I was. I'm so impressed with Brandy Carlisle. I really liked her last time she was on the show, and I, I, I think particularly her performance of the story was amazing. It, I mean, it really was, and of uh, and her second performance with the song called uh, You and Me on the Rock with a band called Lucius she performed with. Mm-hmm. And again, very strong. I really, I'm, I'm really hoping that Brandy Carlisle becomes like SNL's go-to for a musical guest because she's at that point now, whenever I see that she's going to be on a show, I, I really look forward to it. Yeah, yeah, because, uh, same. Yeah, yeah. Same here. It's like one of those things because, I mean, we've talked about it before in this podcast, like, you know, we won't name names, but there has been a number of musical performances where you can tell they're really phoning it in, uh, Mm -hmm. lip lip syncing it. They kind of look unenthusiastic. They're kind of on autopilot. There's like a bunch of 
backup dancers and special effects and lighting just to sort of dare name names. I I will not name names. I will not name names. I will not. Not today, Satan. I'm going to be the devil on your shoulder. Name names. I rebuke you. No. Put them on notice. I will not. No, don't make me do it. Was it it somebody who was on the show last week? Um, uh, mm, No. Uh, Somebody who's been on the show in the last month. Maybe. (laughs) Damn it. We're narrowing them down, folks. Damn it. Curse you. Uh, but yeah, but like with Brandon Carlisle, you don't see any of that. You see, yeah, like it's just her and her band and yeah. her genuine love and affection for music and performing live. Like she gives the, the joy just comes through her when she is performing, and it's it's just infectious. Yeah, yeah. Like she, like every time she's on it, she's like, I can't believe I get to do this. This is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. and it just really elevates like the show and like it, it mm-hmm. elevates it's like wow I, this is really fantastic it, it just yeah, makes everything it, better i agree it, it really gave the show a, a shot in the arm when she came on i mean both times absolutely um, but yeah it's i'm i think i'm a fan of hers now yeah I mean, good stuff i mean I, I totally get it it's not um i mean i understand she she's she kind of spans many genres of music from what i understand she just kind of bounces around um yeah different categories but yeah i'd I'd like to check out more of her stuff yeah it's kind of like a folk rock pop Mm -hmm. with some country and yeah sometimes she's kind of like crooning like katie lang style yeah yeah or like or chris isaac it's like she's she's got a hell of a voice hell of a musician dude her pipes are unreal really impressed with her yeah. So uh, yeah, ex- bonus points, thumbs up. Yeah. Like Brandy Carlisle, please come back to SNL. Look, I mean, I'll, I'll call it now. We're only eight episodes into the season. I don't know if we're going to see a better musical guest this year. Uh, I'd agree. I'll agree with you. I don't really think. Yeah. I mean, she she's she's a she's she's a tough one to beat. She's, she's the one to beat. Yeah, uh, right now, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, so like. Thank Brandy Carlisle, thumbs up. All all the praise. Thumbs up. All the you praise. get the SNL nerd seal of approval. We will send you your commemorative sticker in the mail. Yes. Uh yeah. Uh next up, we got weekend update. Weekend update with uh let me look it up. Uh Colin Jost and Michael Che. Che. Hmm. Okay. So uh, apparently they're telling jokes. Uh, this time around. Jokes concerning the news and uh, kind of a slow news week. Mm. Not a whole lot going on this week. Not much. Um, uh, oh, apparently that Herschel Walker guy got beat by a Warnock, yes. so that happened. And um, yeah. But Che thinks this isn't the last you've heard from Herschel Walker, you know, unless, of course, he's your biological father. Right. Yeah, good joke. Good joke. Laughed out loud. <laughs> I love that joke. That's a great joke. He had another good uh, line about Herschel Walker a little later where, because uh, like uh, Trump, he he didn't tweet. I guess he truth social, whatever you do on truth social. I um, I want I don't know what that goes on over there and I don't. I don't know that. what the term is, but he, he apparently wrote on ter- truth social that they should terminate the Constitution to restore him as president. Uh, which is an office where you are supposed to defend the constitution. So you have to suspend the, uh, anyway, dude's a moron. Um, <laughs> and Che said, Oh, they would terminate the constitution by asking Herschel Walker to drive it to the clinic. Oh, nice. uh, again, great joke. Great joke. Nothing but net. 
nothing but net. Um, I also liked, uh, just had a line is noting that SantaCon was happening in the city, in New York City this weekend. And he said, so it confirms that while Santa may exist, God definitely doesn't. Boo. <laughs> yeah, like I, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I've never been to a SantaCon or seen it, but like I. Coming I, to New Jersey next weekend, my friend. Oh, great. I'll stay. Yay. In, <laughs> stay indoors. I'll stay indoors, <laughs> lock the door. Oh, yeah. oh, Vault. I, I want no. I want no part of that. Yes. Um, and all, I also like the uh, joke that cho- that um, Joe's had about the the World Cup, how uh-huh. uh, Morocco beat uh, Portugal, and it's the best performance by a team of Africans since the unpaid workers who built the stadiums. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go for the Brazilian joke, but oh, right. yeah, no. That I always go for the ones that get the bigger groans. Yes. And that, okay. okay. That got a huge groan. It did. It did. They're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> it was like it. It was like they thought that Jost made that happen, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "I didn't do anything." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was just commenting on the existence of that. He, he. I. I am almost. I am like ninety-eight percent positive that Colin Jost does not have slaves. Yeah. Uh, I'll go ninety-five. Ninety-three percent positive that <laughs> Joe does not have slaves. I am eighty-two percent positive that Colin Joe does not have slaves. Sixty-seven percent certainty, because because I don't think Scarlett would put up with it. Uh, yeah, no. Like after that whole yeah. thing with the Aeon, not Aeon Flux. What's that other thing movie she was in where it's usually played by an Asian person? Oh, oh, uh, Ghost in the Shell. Yes, Ghost in the Shell. So after that, she's like, let's let's keep, like, before we let's get... Let's not exploit any other races. Yes. Yeah. Before we get together, you gotta tell me, do you have any slaves I should know about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Because, hey, my, my PRT has got to put nip this in the bud. Right. Yeah. You gotta let me know. Right up, right up front. <laughs> you gotta let me know. You gotta let... You gotta put that in writing. I mean, uh, look... It's fine if you have slaves. I just want to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, just give me a heads up. That's just, all I'm asking. Just, just blink twice if you have slaves. <laughs> blink, blink. Okay, all right, that's fine. We'll just, I'll make some calls. Look, that fairy is not going to clean itself. That's all I'm saying. Oh wow, wow. We are. What are we doing? What are we doing here, John? Oh, we're going to burn in hell. <laughs> um, so Ego comes out. Ego comes out. She does a desk segment as Marianne Louise Fisher. She's giving us tips on holiday shopping. Yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't write too many notes for this one. There wasn't... Well, she's, she's got three tips. She's, she says, get a neck brace. Did you know, did, um, did you know that anyone could buy that? Yeah. <laughs> um, she says, if your blood sugar drops, JCPenney's got nuggets, which... That's good to know. Mm-hmm, that's right. And uh, her third, and I think most important tip, if you can, be black. Yeah, because like if you're white doing all the crazy things that she does, somebody will videotape you and you'll get fired from your job. Yeah. There are no black Karens, people. Yeah. And of there course, Michael, no black Karens. Yeah. And of course, Michael Che asks her, uh, what do you do for a living? And of course, she says, oh, I sue the city. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a yeah. funny line. Um. Uh, this was this was cute. I think it was uh, maybe elevated a little by by Ego's performance. Yeah, but 
Yeah, it, it, it was cute stuff. Yeah, uh, same. I thought the material was okay, I guess. But yeah, Ego, you know, did what she could to elevate it and mm-hmm. make it more than it was. But yeah, if it wasn't for Ego, it would be kind of, eh, kind yeah. of so-so. Yeah. Um, let's see. Before the next de- desk piece, uh, there was a joke about <laughs> uh, Chris Christie's niece, the uh, former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie. His niece was arrested this week, and she was like assaulting uh, somebody in an airport. Uh, she accused the Latino family of being drug dealers, I believe. Oh, well, uh, lovely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lovely. And there was, I think, like kicking and biting and stuff. And yeah. So, yeah. Stay which, classy, Christy family. <laughs> which, of course, and the, the joke is like, yeah, that earned her life in the New Jersey Hall of Fame. Yes. Taking shot so. at Jersey. Well, you know, yeah. I feel like we just had to note it since we are a New Jersey based podcast. That's true. This. This, um, this Jersey slander will not stand. Colin Jones from Staten Island. Yeah. All right, you should be one to talk. <laughs> Marone, this this guy over here is talk talk about Jersey. It's Mooks from uh, Staten Island, Ma- Mama Mia. No, go on. No, go I'm on. done. That's it. Okay. Okay. That's it. All right. Sorry, I've lived out in Jersey so long. The the, uh, yeah. uh, the Busting Jersey. apart those New Jersey stereotypes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I defend Jersey by going into a Jersey stereotype. Yeah. That's, yep. 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 Uh, all right. Yeah. So next we have. The irony uh, is not uh, lost on me. Nope. Nope. Uh, next we had um, Mikey and Chloe as Kirk and Deb from Wyoming, who they're, they're basically spicing things up in the bedroom by. Chloe's talent for doing voices. Yeah, this is basically just a showcase for Chloe to do her impressions. Yeah, uh, but which? But is... they're they're all pretty much impressions of hers we've heard before. Exactly. She did. She did Drew Barrymore. She's done the Drew Barrymore show. She did the Russian con artist lady from Inventing Anna. Is anybody talking about Inventing Anna anymore? No, not that I know. Not in my circles. Yeah. Um. She did Meryl Streep. That might have been new. No, um, she's done a Meryl Streep before. There was okay. Well, then I won't give it to her. Okay. Um, <laughs> there was that death segment she had, like back when she was a new cast member. Okay, and she she put in a Meryl Streep impression there, and I did not remember that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, because you know it's not an update piece until we're making fun of Colin Jost, uh, <laughs> she does Scarlett Johansson, and Mikey helpfully notes that uh, she. She's naked and under the skin at 24 minutes and 11 seconds. You know. And I just love that apparently, I guess somebody at SNL had to check that as part of their job this week. Some poor intern. <laughs> some intern. I mean, somebody, some, whoever wrote this segment yeah. was like, I better pop in under the skin and note the time when Colin Joe's wife is naked in this movie. No one come in here. I'm doing work for a, a sketch. <laughs> I'm a, if the door is locked, don't come a knocking. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're they're doing role playing. Um, and yeah, and when she's doing the Scarlet voice, she's like, "I'm tired of Colin, and I want a real man." Yeah. And I don't. It, it's a little weird. A little. I. I mean, I don't know. When I saw when I saw this, I kind of felt like. Like when you go see a comic perform 
and uh-huh. there's, and they're doing jokes that they've done like five or six years ago. I was like, oh, we we're doing we're still doing these. Okay, so you're just straight up calling me a hack now. No, All right, I, I see how it works. I'm calling okay. myself a hack. I'm saying this okay. as someone who still tells jokes from five or six years ago. Yeah, but I it's yeah, it's, it, it, I feel like I don't know. Like I mean, she's done these impressions before. Yeah, and yeah. And, and none of them had like the thrill of the new. Um, yeah, and like they're still uh, good impressions, but like yeah, she's not really. I I think like Jay Farrow said this once in some interview where it's it's good to have a good impression but then you have to have like some material to go with it because yeah. like yeah. you know the uh the newness of just sounding like somebody famous kind of wears away if you don't have like a joke to go along with it or something to go with it and like i feel like yeah with chloe that's kind of happened where like all right she does these good impressions now what what else like, yeah, that's that's a very good point, and and I like Chloe as a performer. I think she's a great performer. I and you know I still love Mikey as a performer, and they're playing off each other well. They're obviously having fun with it. Um, you know, at the end, Mikey, like Colin says to Mikey's character, like, "Well, hey, it seems like you're just reaping all the benefits here. Do you do any impressions?" And he does like Stewie and Mr. Burns and Shaggy. Um, yeah, and those those are okay. Which, Hey, yeah, and they were all okay. None of them were like, oh, my God. I mean, it's like, oh, really? You Stewie from Family Guy? Ooh. <laughs> well, <laughs> clear, clear my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I, I thought this kind of fell flat for me. Yeah, it fell a little flat for me, too. Also, also, it felt a little weird. It's like, okay, she's doing her Drew Barrymore voice, but she's, she's putting it all in a sexual context. So it's like, she's basically forcing the viewer to imagine having sex with Drew Barrymore, which just yeah. seemed a little odd to me. Yeah. It's, it felt very <laughs> awkward. Like, Oh, <laughs> this is what sex with Meryl Streep would be like. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, it, I felt very uncomfortable. <laughs> it was, it was just a weird context for her to present the impressions in. I yeah. Guess. I don't know why they had to have it in this context too. Of like, Oh yeah. yeah, this is what Scarlett Johansson sounds like in bed uh, when she's climaxing. I'm like, I don't know if I want to hear that. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was also just kind of weird because it was like, well, yeah, no, I know and remember that she can do all of those voices, and she's wonderful at those voices. And I mean, she's got other great impressions in her kit bag too. I mean, she, I remember. I think it was like late last season. She did a, a killer impression of Cecily. Um, oh yeah, well. And she did Elizabeth Olsen, and Elizabeth Olsen had a cameo. Uh, that was when uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was hosting, and she did a killer Elizabeth Olsen impression. And I don't know. I I think I would have liked to see some new ones mixed in there. Yeah, you know? I think that would have been it. Like I would have like loved, like you said, seeing something she's done that she's never done or maybe done mm-hmm. like maybe once or twice. Like, uh, yeah. When she did her Jennifer Coolidge impression or her, um, at the SNL at home, when she did her Phoebe Waller bridge, I thought she did a really good Phoebe Waller bridge. I'd like to see right, more of right. that. Like, so I don't know why they kind of went back and did, you know, played the hits as it were. Like I mean, yeah, even if do. she wanted to do another Drew Barrymore show sketch, I think that would have been fine. And that probably would have been more interesting than doing the update segment. Yeah, I know exactly. I mean, I kind of feel like I mean, I've been looking online and reading the twitters and like a lot of people kind of feel like like Chloe, like I guess there's this theory going around that like Chloe 
had this whole machine behind her. Like, it seems like SNL was really trying to make Chloe happen, like tried uh-huh. to make her the next big, you know, breakout star. And maybe it hasn't quite happened in the way did, that people want to. Did she like to. lose some of her regular writers or something? I think. I don't know. It just seems like maybe Chloe still, I mean, she's still, she's a strong performer. She's great with impressions, but she still hasn't yeah. really had that really moment where she's like really popped and like, you know, really broke out. Yeah. With, like the same way, like, like Sarah has popped. Like Sarah right. Sherman, people like love her and they look forward to her, but like Chloe mm-hmm. really hasn't mm-hmm. had that explosion the same way maybe people wanted her to or, or whatnot. So maybe. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't have any, big recurring characters and yeah it feels like she probably should by this point um yeah and maybe that's because like say somebody like say cecily is still around yeah yeah Um, exactly cecily was all over this episode she was she was i mean they they use cecily a lot um yeah you know cecily does still dominate the show yeah to a degree i mean but i think i think that's very earned because she's a very strong versatile performer yes um, she sang twice in this episode. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, light night for her. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, huh. yeah. Overall, I I like the jokes in this weekend update, but yeah, the uh, the two death segments weren't yeah. the strongest. I thought. You know what I miss? I miss them doing the joke exchange at the Christmas show and at the end of the season. They've they've gotten away from that, and I always like that as a recurring bit. I'm hoping that they're going to do that. On uh, next week's episode. If they don't, I'm going to be living. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think about them doing it next week. Yeah, they should do it next week. They got to do it next week. If, if they're going to do it, next week would be the time for it. Because it is the last show before Christmas. I wasn't thinking of that. They have This this was such a heavy Christmas show. I was thinking of this as the Christmas show. No. Also because two big hosts of Steve Martin and Martin Short. Right, absolutely. Um, so I'm like, oh, right. Yes, they're doing a show next week, too. <laughs> oh, wait. There's one more. Yeah. <laughs> there's more that that doesn't speak well of next week oh boy <laughs> that sounds anticlimactic <laughs> yeah part of me thinks that like they did want this episode to be the final episode because right. it does yeah. it does have the the trap it feels like they, they swap places in the schedule doesn't it yeah i but like something tells me that like maybe steve or marty couldn't do it so they right. they swapped it out yeah like i mean I, yeah i don't think they're going to swap it out based on Austin Butler's availability. Right. Austin Butler, you're you're hosting on this day, and you'll like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, All right. You know, I'm I'm sure if like Steve or Marty had some other commitments, they, they would accommodate them and switch them around. Absolutely. But uh, yeah. Okay. So well. All right. So maybe next week we have a joke exchange to look forward to. You you brightened my day a little bit, Darren. Yay! I did it. Yay! Uh, here's something to uh, take away that brightness. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold back, Darren. Tell us how you really feel. Minky. Minky. A sketch so great it was cut from the Willem Dafoe episode. That's right. It was cut last season. And um, I don't know why they brought it back. I don't. Were they like really desperate? What the What the hell's going on? And it's a, and it's by the Please Don't Destroy guys. It's it's Martin Harley, John Higgins, Ben Marshall. And I usually like them. And this was like, what? Yeah, so, huh? uh, so the the basic premise is it's a talk show called How to Treat Your Man by right. Minky Carmichael. Uh, right. It's set in, uh, the ni- in the 90s. It, it takes place in 1992. They actually flash on screen. It says, like, taped 
such and so a date, 1992. And, and because it was late and this is how stupid I am for a moment, I was like, wait, are they showing a sketch from like <laughs> 1992 when Steve Martin? And I was like, uh, or when, when Marty shirt was hosting before. And then of course I thought about it for two seconds. And then I was like, Oh no, it's obviously not because we just saw Heidi five seconds ago. Yeah. So, by the way, this is like the first time we've seen Heidi in this episode. Yeah, right? that too. Yeah. I, I was like, Oh That's wow. That's weird. It really is. Not a lot of Heidi, not a lot of Dismukes in this episode. Yeah, very light show for them. Very um, light. Punky didn't show up much. We we I think we only saw Molly in the the Christmas Carol pre tape. Right. Uh, you know, Devin Walker was in the cold open, and that was it. Yeah. Oof. Mm. I mean, I don't want to. I mean, say- you know, he's still very newish, so yeah. that doesn't shock me too much. You know, same with. Uh, Michael Longfellow and Marcello, I kind of expect them to be light, sadly. Um, yeah, that's true. Like, I don't want to ring the uh, Aristotle Atari bell for Devin just yet. No, well, I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna put his his picture on the milk carton quite yet. Um, <laughs> Have you seen me? No. Uh, but yeah, uh, Minky. So basically, uh, Steve uh, Martin Short comes out. No, Steve Martin, just Marty. Yeah, just just Marty. And he comes out, and he's basically like this sort of. Uh, talk show host talks about how women need to treat their man and how they need to how put to treat out your man. Yeah, yeah. He had the cat. And he, it, it looks like the set of the Arsenio Hall show. It looks exactly like the set of the Arsenio Hall show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So he's talking out to the women in the audience who say, "Oh, I don't know what to do with my man," and he's like, "Oh, y'all need yeah. to put out. Y'all don't know how to treat a man. Uh, slam yeah. it." And then he goes yeah, into these... like Sarah is concerned because she didn't sleep with the guy on the first date and she hasn't heard from him since. And he's like, well, yeah, because you didn't sleep with him on the first date. And yeah, like very. Mis- they... Yeah, like very yeah. misogynistic. Advice. It's very. Uh, what was the, the Tom Cruise character in Magnolia? T.J. Mackey. Oh, yeah. Wow. It, it was, you know, he, he was like that scuzzy motivational speaker guy that respect the cock. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. That that's a throwback. Yeah. It was it was very much that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so it's it's basically that. Like we see Sarah Sherman in a in a this really colorful suit that I'm pretty sure is is from her own personal wardrobe. Because <laughs> it's, I mean, the I mean, putting Sarah in the multicolored outfits that's that's kind of the go to. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she brought that from home. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, and uh, then we also have you know like everybody like uh, Ego and Punky talking, you know, asking for advice, right. and they're all. He gives us misogynistic. You need to treat your man better. And, and then towards the end, Cecily comes up as she's another audience member. She says, I went on a date with Minky and he has the worst penis I've ever seen. Um, and she, she talks about how it's like it's hollow on the inside, like a like painted pasta or something. Yeah. That was, it, it was just very weird. It was more weird than funny. Um, yeah, I mean. To his credit, Martin Short was trying to make this work. Like he was. I mean, he's like he's breaking out the Ed Grimley dance. Uh, yeah, he had, he had moves like Jagger. He was trying. But I mean, I was I was watching this and I was like, if you just wanted to do the Ed Grimley dance again, why didn't you just do an Ed Grimley sketch? I don't like people would have loved that man. I don't they know. Would, I mean, because yeah. they go nuts whenever you revive one of your old classic characters. I don't. But do enough people nowadays know who Ed Grimley is? I don't know if this. Uh generation is familiar with the Grimms. Well, I think there probably would have been enough people in the audience that would have gotten it. Yeah, maybe. I hope. I mean, I'm look, I'm assuming I'm assuming the audience for a Steve Martin Martin Short 
show is going to skew a little older. Right. That Venn diagram is uh, right for uh, Gen Xers and uh, and older. Yeah. Boomers. Yeah. I mean, not that they haven't picked up new fans from Only Murders in the Building and all that, but that's uh, true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, know. this this was like nearly five minutes, and God, it it just seemed interminable. Yeah, like I kept waiting for maybe some big twist to happen or some type of nope. escalation. Well, I think I I think the he has a weird penis. I think that was the big twist. Yeah, this wasn't a very funny. Yeah, big twist. when that came, like that, I, when I heard that, I was like. That can't be the twist. Is that it? That's it? Really? Yeah. Like, is, is PP weird? That's what we're doing? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. I I think this just should have remained on the axed pile after the, uh, yeah. after the, the Willem Dafoe show. And uh, by the way, how do you do this and the Geppetto masturbation preparation sketch? How do you consider both of those for the same show? Yeah, I think I remember somebody saying there were a good number of like penis heavy sketches in the Willem Dafoe episode and I don't know if that's yeah. because you know in it's it's known pretty known pretty well known oh, in Hollywood. Yeah, that is that is like sort of the myth about yeah, Willem Dafoe is apparently yeah, he's got a hog. Yeah, it's like uh, him Milton Berle, Pete Davidson, big old Peters. Is Pete Davidson on that list too? Oh ho ho. Oh ho, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh. All right. But uh, but yeah, like this sketch is there wasn't much to it. I don't know why it had to be set in the '90s. Like, I mean, unless this was referencing some show in the '90s, because like you know, the '90s don't play a part in the sketch at all, really. And it's just, I don't know. I was like, where? I was like, where is the sketch? Go- what is the point I, of the sketch? I mean, we we had weird things like. You know, like that. You remember that dating show Studs? I was, in the 90s? I was just thinking about Studs when I was watching yeah. this too. Yeah, that was like that syndicated dating show, and I think it would only air in the middle of the night. And it was, it, you know, it was it was sort of like the dating game where people like are reporting on the blind dates they went, but it was just like filled with all this innuendo that I'm sure the hack writers came up with for them. Yeah, uh, I was in her endo. Yeah. yeah, gang, gang, what's up, bro? What's up, bro? What's up, bro? You know, like you, you'd watch it, but you'd feel like you'd have to take a shower afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> after you watch, after you watch, you'd be like, you know, I should, I should actually be out and talking to people. I should, <laughs> I, I should repent. I yeah. should, I should just change the way I'm living my life. I should go to church. Uh, yeah, I should go to church. I, uh, uh, this, no, this, this is, is this is my bottom. Yeah, this is this is my rock bottom right here. Uh, but yeah, like I don't know what the point of this sketch was, or it just, it just really. But didn't... the point just like killing five minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, this. Uh, definitely worse of the night, yeah. I would say. This is a stinkeroo. Pu. Yeah, I was just like, Ugh. why, 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 and uh, so we cl- then we close out the show with a ten to one sketch, Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride, Part 8. Part 8. Yeah, uh, this is basically a sketch surrounded over the movie Father of the Bride, which Steve Martin and Martin Short were in. And yeah. uh, the premise is basically, you know, now Steve Martin's an older man. His daughter is engaged again for the eighth right. time now. Three decades and seven divorces later. And she's his daughter is 52. Um Right, and, and uh, basically... Is, Heidi playing the daughter. 
Um, uh, yeah, uh, Chloe g- coming in as uh, Diane Keaton, who was also in good the Good Diane Keaton. Not a bad Diane Keaton. Yeah. We had a, I think they said she was a vision in beige, yes. which was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, and the whole sketch is basically how now the father can't afford to pay for a Nancy Myers-like wedding for, right. for an eighth time yeah. in a row. Because he's broke now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that was cute. It was, I mean, it's a cute idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we have Marty reprising his, his role as Frank, the, uh, the wedding planner who was of a vague ethnicity in the movies. I don't think they ever said what country he was from. Yeah. And I think that was part of the joke. He was just doing this weird, unidentifiable accent. Upper West Side. Yeah, mm. and they they said like he's doing an accent. I think is still okay. Let's let's all agree it's okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought that was cute. Uh, Bowen comes on. He's doing the BD Wong character, who is like Martin Short's sidekick in that movie. Yeah, and um, uh, and then we get a cameo from Kieran Culkin, who was also very random. <laughs> who was also in the original Father of the Bride as a little boy. Right, and they're like, you don't remember this. He doesn't remember this, but. <laughs> Trust us, he was in that movie. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I guess Kieran had some time. And I did not, I, they were correct. I did not remember that he was in that movie because I don't think I've watched any of those Father of the Bride movies since the 90s. I'm not sure if I even saw the second one. Uh, I mean, I definitely saw the first one, but yeah, like it was. The first one. It was, and it's a remake of, of, of one with a movie with Spencer Tracy and a, and a young Elizabeth Taylor. Right, right. Uh, and then and then they did they did the remake with Steve Martin. And then they did a sequel a few years later where the gimmick was like his daughter was pregnant with her first child. And then uh, Diane Keaton got pregnant as well. So the mother and daughter were pregnant at the same time. Oh, that was that was the second one, right? That was Father of the Bride, too. Yeah. Right. I don't know if I ever saw that. And then they uh, during the lockdown in 2020, they did. Um, I'm looking up on IMDb. They did Father of the Bride Part 3-ish. They did? Yeah, they did. It, it was basically like something like, you know, like remember back in the lockdowns where a lot of uh, cast members would do like Zoom calls and they would like recreate a, yeah. a movie or like they did, like community did that. Yeah. It, yeah. It was. And Josh Gad was doing a lot of uh, uh, cast reunion things. Yeah, it was basically that. It was like the cast from Father of the Bride doing Zoom calls and they did like a, this really quick 25 minute short quote unquote uh, movie. Oh, so it wasn't a real movie. No, no, they were like reprising all their old characters, but it was all through, okay. it was all done through Zoom and like the benefit. And I think all the money they made like went to a charity uh, for it. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, and uh, okay. Florence Pugh was in that one as well. In the reunion. In the uh, yeah, the Father of the Bride Part Three ish. I think it's on like Facebook Watch or something. If you want to see it. Oh well, no wonder I haven't seen it. Right, and uh, and then they yeah, did. This is Facebook Watch. <laughs> you know, some somebody maybe. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, earlier this year, they did a Father of the Bride reboot with Andy Garcia and Gloria Estefan. And uh, Chloe Fineman was in that one. Uh, uh, I don't think I realized that that was a thing. Okay. I think that went, wow. that went straight to HBO Max. You, you can see that there. Well, okay. If, oh, if you right. want. Uh, so, yeah. So then Kieran Culkin pops in in the sketch. Uh, Selena Gomez yes. pops in. As the, Another random Selena Gomez camera where she just comes on and doesn't do anything. It was just like, here I am, Selena Gomez. And applause, 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 applause. Applause, 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 and then the camera pulls back. Um, I did like the line where Kieran Culkin comes on and he says, oh, I can't have any cake because I'm having a colonoscopy tomorrow. Yes. Uh, 
I thought that was a cute gag about, you know, how he's a middle-aged dude now. Yeah, he's, but... he's an older fellow. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah. Ended very abruptly. Yeah. Um, again, it, it's another sketch where they, it really felt like they didn't know how to end it. So, they're... so apparently, like, when we don't know how to end sketches or monologues, we just bring Selena Gomez on. Yep. For... <laughs> and to do nothing. <laughs> just Selena Gomez on stage. End. Yeah, she's in a she's in a bright pink outfit, uh, really high heels, and and apparently that's enough. <laughs> the end. And that's how. Did they tell her she was going to be in that like thirty seconds before she came on? I don't. I'm very confused. Yeah, I think the angle was she was supposed to be the entertainment for the uh, the upcoming wedding. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's and she said like, oh, it'll cost you like one point eight million. Yeah, uh, but I mean. I don't know. It's it, it was it was kind of I I I I think I agree with you. The, the idea is cute enough, but yeah. it seems like they didn't know they kind of leaned heavy on the cameos and didn't write yeah. that much. They were like, "Oh, hey, look, it's yeah. Kieran Culkin. Oh, hey, look, yeah. it's uh Selena Gomez. Oh, hey, look, it's Martin Short as his character Frank." And right. uh that's all you need for a sketch. You don't need to write anything really funny. <laughs> just just look at them. They're there. The yes, end. Sir. Look, these people showed up. Isn't that enough? Isn't that enough? Um, this uh, sketch, by the way, written by Jimmy Fowley, uh, Kira O'Sullivan, and Will Steven. I don't know. Is it Kira? C-E-A-R-A. C -E -A -R -A. Is that how you pronounce it? Kiara. Kiara? Kiara. I'm probably still mangling that. But... Che. Che. Um... Uh, so, yeah, I, yeah, I wish they'd, I wish they'd leaned into the, you know, everybody's old now. Like, you know, I liked how they said like, oh, you're 52. And there, there was a joke about her getting like a, the daughter getting a vaginal rejuvenation. Um, yeah, they should have leaned and, into and Culkin having a colonoscopy. I thought that was, I thought that was pretty good stuff, but I wish they'd leaned into that a little bit more. Yeah, no, absolutely. They should have leaned into that more instead of kind of, you know, depending on the celebrity yeah. cameos to be enough uh, i mean maybe you know maybe make a joke about how like steve martin's character is a great great grandfather now or something like that yeah. i don't know yeah yeah there, there was more there was a better it's a good idea but and there was a better script for that idea but yeah. we did not get that script or or just like keep keep building increasingly absurd sequels like at the end of uh, 22 jump street like you know have let's have a father of the bride part 10 like taking place in the future and they're on a moon colony or something i don't know there you go now you're cooking see something like that Better. but uh yeah i, I would have liked to see it build a little more yeah absolutely um and you know maybe maybe let selena gomez stay in her seat yeah nothing against selena gomez she's lovely um, but <laughs> this is turning to an anti-Selena Gomez podcast. No, I'm, I'm just saying, if you're going to bring Selena Gomez in, maybe have her do something. <laughs> what? Just the thought. Don't just have her stand there like, uh, like a prop. Give her a joke <laughs> <laughs> or two. She's done the show before. She can tell jokes. She, she's worked with Steve Martin and Martin Short for... I believe about two and a half seasons worth of time now. So she can, she's capable of joking. I'm guessing. Yes. Uh, so yeah, it's just weird. Weird. So kind of between this and the minky 
a weak end to the show. Last last half hour of the show, pretty weak. Yeah, uh, overall, I mean, I don't want to say this, this was a bit of a letdown, but it kind of was. Uh, it's, uh, it started off strong enough. I thought the yeah. the monologue was good. Uh, you know, uh, Science Room was all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, like, after Weekend Update, the second half, it just kind of, yeah. I, I don't know what happened. It just kind of, yeah, the wheels fell off the trolley there. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was enough good stuff that I don't really feel like it was a disappointment. But I, yeah, but I, yeah, I can't quite shake the feeling that they could have utilized Steve and Marty a little better, you know? Yeah, I mean, you got Steve Martin and Martin Short. Like, it, this should have been a, like a home run. This should have been a show for the ages. Yeah. And just like it was, it was I don't know, were our expectations too high? Maybe that that might have been it. Like I think Yeah. Cuz I think when we first saw that they were hosting and Brandy Carlisle, we were like, "Oh, this is like yeah. like like stop the presses. This we, is going to be We want to be tough but fair." So, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. cuz SNL it's a hit and miss show by definition. You know? Mhm. It it's it's pretty much always going to be up and down even the over the course of one episode, you're never gonna, hardly ever gonna have a, a show where you like every single sketch. Right. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I I was expecting to like a majority of the sketch. I think. I mean, well, now I'm being too harsh. I think I ultimately I like most of the sketch. I think it's just like the last two I had yeah. the hugest gripe with. I'd I'd give this one maybe a B minus. Uh, I guess. I'll give it a B, B minus. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, B, B minus. All right, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, didn't live up to our high expectations, but it wasn't wow. the total, you know, dud. No, I mean it wasn't. It wasn't a bad show by any means. No, no, not at all. It just wasn't all that. Yeah, it's not. It's not the uh, fireworks and uh, ice cream I, I was expecting it to be. Right. Okay, so uh, yeah, right. so that's the sh- that's the show. Uh, next week, should we talk about next week or should we go to Twitter? What? No, what? Um, yeah, well, I'll, maybe we'll go to Twitter first. Yeah, because we're talking. They're talking about this show, so let's yeah, mm. let's talk about that first. Good point. That's why you're the brains behind this thing. Oh, am I the brain? Yeah. Oh God, no wonder we're in so much trouble. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me I was the brains of this operation? Good lord. I didn't think I'd have to tell you. You're the brains. No, obviously I'm not because you had to tell me I'm the brains. But as the brains, you should know you're the brains because you're brainy. No, well, no, obviously, four years in, I did not know I was the brains. Uh, that's what, holy shit, we're, oh, th- that's bad. This is why we're, we're at where we're at. Yep, yep. <clears throat> Uh, so, uh, yeah, we put out the word that we were doing this on the Twitter, and uh, we got a mm-hmm. good am- amount of responses from our, our regulars. Yeah, <clears throat> all right. Uh, from John Anias, at BurtNest92, says, Much like the 2019 Eddie Murphy show, this is the kind of episode where your enthusiasm about the host can maybe inflate your overall opinion. But yeah. I do think it was a very good show with nothing that really bottomed out. And greatly elevated by two of the best to ever do it. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is easy to let your expectations, uh, to get carried away with your expectations on a show like this. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, let's see. Uh, well, let's see. Our friend Manette Marati, she's, she's talking about uh, next week a little bit uh, because... 
it was originally going to be the Yeah Yeah Yeahs as a musical guest, and something came up, and we'll we'll get into that in a minute. Um, and now they've been replaced with Lizzo, uh, and we'll talk about our opinions of that. Well, I guess maybe after this. Um, Nett says, I've been listening to the Yeah Yeah Yeahs for the first time in anticipation of them hosting next episode, uh, but I'm excited for Lizzo to be the musical guest again. It definitely fits the demographic that the host appeals to more. I do wonder which song she'll perform, as she already did the top two singles from her latest album when she did Double Duty. Hmm. So, yeah, they uh, they kind of announced during the show, they'd already announced that... Uh, Next week, we're going to have Austin Butler uh, from the Elvis movie hosting. Right. And it was going to be the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Right. And the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, they posted on, I think it was on their Instagram, and they had to drop out. Uh, they said, as many of our fans know, Nick has had pneumonia over the past month, and it's been an up and down recovery process. The band's top priority is supporting Nick through a full recovery. As a result, we had to pull out of our engagements of K-Rock's Acoustic Christmas and Saturday Night Live. Uh, It's been a tough week. It's been a tough year on the health front for us. Uh, So, yeah, wishing you a happy and healthy rest of 2022. We look forward to a strong return in 2023. Much love, Karen, Nick, and Brian. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we we wish the best to uh, Nick and wish him a swift recovery. Sorry that dropped out of SNL. uh, Get well soon. so, So Lizzo stepped in. What do we think of that? I mean, as I, I enjoy Lizzo. Uh, mm-hmm. This will be the third time she's been the musical guest. Second time she's been the musical guest during a Christmas episode, yeah, uh, which is interesting. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure she'll knock out the park. Uh, I think she might do like a Brandy Carlisle and maybe play some of her old songs that maybe, yeah. maybe people aren't familiar with. Because yeah, it is true. Like she did do the top the two uh, big songs off her latest album, so maybe. I guess the only thing she can do is like maybe find some others, some deep cuts she can do or some old stuff. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest. I mean, Lizzo wonderfully talented and all that. It just seems a little soon to be bringing her back. And I realized that they were in a bind and they had to find somebody fast and somebody who was, I guess, convenient and friendly with the show and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I'm, I wanted to miss Lizzo a little more before she came back. Yeah, you know? no. Like, when was the last time she was on? Yeah, uh, I'll check out. I'll, I'll look it up. I mean, it was it was less than a year ago, right? Definitely, yeah. But um, yeah, because she, I know she was the musical guest on the Eddie Murphy episode in 2019, and then she hosted herself and was a musical guest on that, and that was like last season, I think, right? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, this was in yeah, it was in April. It was in April. Yeah, see, that's that's a little soon. Yeah, it is, uh, and, and I was really looking forward to seeing the Yeah Yeah Yeahs too. Because like, yeah, I just I wanted to see them because they were just they're they're something different, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, but yeah, I agree. Like we just saw her, I said like in April, so it was a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm sure she'll do a great job. She's you know she's fantastic. The people love her, but I was like, ah, I kind of wanted to see something different. I was really looking forward to seeing the yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm sure yeah. like, uh, we'll, you know, uh, SNL will have them back on in the new year as soon as Nick gets better. I, they're usually pretty good about that when somebody has to drop out unexpectedly. They're usually pretty good at finding a slot for them later in the season. So Yeah. So, um, I mean, while it is a bummer, we won't see the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Lizzo. Maybe see what she'll do. Maybe she'll play some uh, 
old holiday standards or something, or I don't know. Yeah, it might be neat. Give them the Lizzo treatment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, so we uh, also got a tweet from Boardman Gets Paid. Lee, mm. Lee Hot He Lion mm-hmm. uh, says, hello from the suitcase Martin Short came in, which is, uh, of course, a nod to the uh, one of the promos that came out earlier yes. this week. Uh, this... A, lot, a lot of Martin Short playing very short people. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a short guy. Short guess, people yeah. got. Uh, yeah, so uh, he and oh, so uh, Lee Hot Lion says this episode was meh. Yeah, that's all I got. How John felt about the Drake sketch last week is how I felt about the father of the bride sketch. The hmm. DNS guys were back and it was great. I think he means please don't destroy, but it's DNS. Okay, uh, yeah, that's probably a typo. Yeah. Now, excuse me while I try to find Cecily Strong's Venmo, parentheses, not ashamed. Yeah, uh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that was a joke, but all right. Uh, Best of luck to you there. Line forms to the left. Uh, how did I feel about the Drake sketch last week? I think uh, you were... I think I was just like, I didn't get it because I didn't have the background for it. Yeah, you were pretty indifferent to it. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's one of those things where if you don't know about Drake and his music, it probably didn't hit for you. And right. yeah, like I feel like if you never saw the Father of the Bride movies, Okay. That sketch yeah. wouldn't so hit for you either. So he's saying he doesn't remember the Father of the Bride movies. And yeah, they are, it is going back. It's like 30 years at this point. So the first, Yeah, the first Father of the Bride movie was in 91. So Yeah. I mean, a lot. Yeah, I remember seeing that in college. So, yep. I know. Yeah, math checks out. <laughs> um, lastly, we have our friend Mikey with two E's. He says, much like last week, I had no idea who the hosts were again, but they sure did a great job. Oh. I'm joking, of course. Was really hyped for this one, and while it wasn't perfect, it didn't disappoint. I enjoyed pretty much all the sketches, although no idea what was happening in the bears on a train thing. Seemed like it might have been a last-minute change. Liked the cold open this week, and also a really great monologue. Weekend update was pretty decent as well, especially the Chloe-Mikey bit. Mm. Sounds like you were more of a fan of that than we were. Um, Overall, I think it's the best Christmas episode of SNL since Eddie hosted. Mm. Uh, well, um, who did the Christmas episode last year? I can't remember offhand. Uh, was it was it Paul Rudd? Oh yeah, it was Paul Rudd where where Joe's got COVID and they basically had to cancel the show and they only had the pre tapes yeah. and old clips. No wonder I wasn't remembering that at first. As Paul Rudd said in that episode, it was tremendously disappointing because <laughs> because we were really, I remember we were really hyped for Paul Rudd hosting because you know he's a solid host. Yeah, and uh... and. No. Yeah, didn't didn't quite happen. Didn't quite happen. They did a five timers thing. Yeah, um, uh, Keenan was there because Keenan never leaves. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think he lives in the studio at this point. <laughs> yeah, he lives in the crawl space that uh, Alec Baldwin used to occupy. And <laughs> and yeah, it was it was a a a, a stripped down show to say the least. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind. Of, I mean, it was it was the best they could do under the circumstances because you know what are you gonna do? One of your cast members got COVID. Yeah, at least one. I, there might have been more, but I I know it was confirmed like months later that Jost was one of the people who got COVID. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. So, uh, but you know, thankfully he recovered. Yes, bounced back to have more jokes made about his wife on the show <laughs> about how, what his wife sounds like in a uh, midcoitus. <laughs> Glad, glad we got that. And, you know, where we can find her naked and under the skin. Yes, absolutely. So. Do your work, Internet. 
<laughs> I'm sure that's not difficult to find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I guess those are the tweets, and uh, that's the episode, guys. Thanks again. That's the episode. We, next week, Austin Butler, the Elvis guy. He's going to be pretty new to me because I never saw the Elvis movie. Uh, same. I don't know much about him yeah. except, you know, he's a very tall, very handsome man. Yeah. Um, I think he's done like a few things before, you know, El- the Elvis movie was like, of course, his big break. That's how, that's the kind of movie that's right. Everybody seems to know him from. I know he's going to be in the upcoming Dune movie, the Dennis, Dennis Villeneuve right. movie. Right. With, uh, with that, uh, Timothy Chalamet, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, other than that, I don't, I come in pretty cold. Don't know much about him. Don't know if he's funny. Yeah. Uh, this will be interesting. This will be, you know, we'll see an Elvis parody. For sure. If we don't get an Elvis parody, they're missing a golden opportunity. And you know, and who knows? Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe a Tom Hanks cameo as, as Colonel Tom Parker because he was in the Elvis movie. Oh, he was. That's right. Yeah, and he li- he lives in the city, right? Uh, he's around. I think. I think he's around. Yeah, like, I think he's close enough that they can call him in on short notice because he he does a fair amount of cameos. Yeah, like he doesn't live in the crawl I mean, space, like um. Keenan and Alec do, but he's... he's I feel like Tom Hanks, perhaps he's he's bi-coastal. I bet Tom Hanks makes enough money that he has a place on the East Coast and a place on the West Coast. Damn. You think so? He's got all the... I think so. All, the, all those millions he made off the burbs. He's, he's got that Joe versus the Volcano money, uh, son. Got that Turner and Hooch money. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Turner, 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 Hooch, y'all. That's right. <laughs> Turn a hooch, y'all. Turn a hooch, y'all. Oh. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, will we see Tom Hanks? Uh, let's say yes, because I want to look forward to the next week more. Yeah, either way, we're definitely going to get some cameos. Like, we always get uh, a myriad of cameos during the holiday show. So we'll... I don't know. I mean, you know, we've, we've, got the, we've got the COVID flu cold thing happening so maybe that'll cut down on the cameos it didn't this week but mm. well, maybe I don't, you're right but maybe. i don't know it's open nobody's masking up at good nights anymore so yeah whatever we're, we're just living what are we even doing we're just living with the sickness know. man this is the new normal <laughs> sad but true sad uh, but true all right and on that uh downer note that's our episode guys <laughs> we live in a hellscape everyone's gonna die yeah <laughs> follow us on twitter and instagram Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Trumbull Comic, T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L, and the word comic. I'm at, I'm at Darren Credible, D-A-R-I-N Credible, Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, you can follow the podcast, as always, at SNL Nerds Show. Yes. Uh, you know, please do that. We we want more followers. Yeah. You know, let, yeah. let us know. Hit us up. Tell us what we're doing we, right and wrong and all that jazz. Yeah, we like hearing from you. We would like to be slightly more popular than we are, or maybe even substantially more popular than we are. Yeah, like we're tired of being just this niche little thing that only a few people know about. We we want we want to sell out. We want to go commercial, ASAP. We, we want to break through. We want to go viral, and not and not for like a bad reason because we said something yeah. heinous. We want to go viral because people like us. Yes. We want to break free. Yeah. We, uh, I forget the I mean, rest. that would be nice. Just external validation. That's what we're looking for. That's all I've ever wanted. Right. <laughs> Why won't you love me, Dad? I mean, I know it's not going to fill the hole inside of me, but... Yeah. It can't hurt, right? Yeah. Couldn't hurt. Yeah. Can't hurt. You know, 
uh, food and liquor and uh, poppers can only do so much. Let's try try some building. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, I keep tossing all that money at at Cecily Strong's Venmo, and are you sure it's her? Ve- it, dude, I keep telling you that's not Cecily Strong's Venmo. It's like, look, Darren. It says Cecily Strong loves you <laughs> six x x x i mean how can that not be genuine <laughs> i i just don't think it's her man it says cecily long cecily strong loves you six nine six nine and cecily is misspelled hmm I, okay i mean perhaps i should investigate this more you probably should you haven't you didn't give him your credit card info did you I gave them all my credit card info. I sent over a W-4 form, a direct deposit. Um, It just seemed to make the whole thing more efficient. Oh, John. Oh, John. Did I do bad? Oh, John. All right. Okay, well, I'm going to go check on my bank accounts and my financials. And uh, we'll be back next week with... uh, Awesome Butler and Lizzo. But until then, nerd out. out. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the non-productive network is distributed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.